If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. Has everyone binged the new season of Selling Sunset? It is freaking amazing. No offense to my girl, Tracy Tudor, or all the boys from Million Dollar Listing we had on this very podcast. But highlighting these back episodes, you guys seem to be loving. So we are continuing that. And today we sit, we are sharing a chat we had with Jason Oppenheim right around the time that he started dating Chriselle. So it wasn't well known. I mean, it wasn't known at all. So I think that that makes this a really interesting chat. Plus we talk about like the start of the Oppenheim group and how it all kind of came together. We talk real estate. We talk uh, Christine versus Chriselle. We talk Mary's in the office. We all know Mary is Jason's favorite, although now with Chriselle, who knows? Um, So she makes a guest appearance. See if you could hear any hints about how he feels about Chriselle. We share this chat with Mr. Oppenheim. Listen, if we're going to share any chat from the back feed that we need to highlight from Selling Sunset, we figured this was a good place. Maybe to star, this might be the only one we highlight, Mr. Jason Oppenheim. Hey guys, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's get right into it today. We are joined from sunny California by one of the owners of the Oppenheim Group, Mr. Jason Oppenheim. Hey, how are you, man? What's going on? Pretty good. Just yeah. Monday. How's Monday going for you? Well, it's just starting. And how is the Oppenheim Group doing these days? Well, in the last uh, couple of weeks, have picked up a lot. Really? Were you guys? I mean, how was everything with COVID and real estate? I mean, like, were you just doing virtual showings or? No, I don't. I don't think virtual showings sell houses. Um, no, we were. We've been doing real showings all throughout. Uh, just we're doing a lot more now. And, you know, we hit a hard pause, like in kind of April, May, even June, but July has picked up. I mean, we're arguably back to normal now. I mean, things are really moving. I mean, I have a lot of friends in real estate in New York because I'm in New York City. They said the same thing. And I guess, you know, like, I guess in a way, is it a buyer's market out there the way it is here or? Uh, not so much in the lower in the in like the three million and under price point. It's almost more of a seller's market because there's multiples in almost everything that's decent. Wow. Uh, sellers have gotten a lot more realistic on their prices, and so because of that, I think they've taken back more of the momentum. Interesting. Yeah, and, and what if- like the five and ten million dollar price point still probably more of a buyer's market, but like in the under three, I'd say it's a seller's market still. Wow. And is it, what about rentals? Because I mean, like here, like rentals are way up because a lot of people are holding off on buying for them. I don't deal much in rentals, so I don't really have my pulse on that market. But that's good that things are- We put a property on for 25,000 a month and we got three offers in the first two days. I don't, that's very anecdotal. Wow. So that's good. Things are good. Yeah. And the agency is busy. And I mean, I guess also, I think like, do you feel people are wanting to buy now? You know, maybe because of COVID, like there's this whole like, we I just might think get there, was a pent up, there was a pent up demand. There are a lot of people that wanted to buy and sell over the last six months and they just didn't. And now I think a lot of these buyers are out and then you compound that with low interest rates. And I mean, it's moving right now. Wow. That's yeah. good. That's great to know. So talk to me about the amazing show that is Selling Sunset. So you're running the Oppenheim Group. Things are going well. How does this come about? And how did Adam Devella get involved? Uh, you know, it, I guess it came about uh, organically. I mean, we just, we've been hit up by m- multiple agents and producers over like a year period interested in the show or doing some type of show. And, you know, we were rather reticent about it we just thought there was more to lose than to gain you know, particularly my brother and i um 
Adam, when Adam called, uh, you know, initially still, we weren't really into it, but, you know, he pushed for a meeting and we figured, you know, he had some good credentials behind him. And so we said, okay, you know, we'll, we'll do a meeting. And then after the meeting, like we really started to kind of get behind the idea uh, for the first time, you know, we started thinking this could be fun. We did like a little, like a little sizzle reel. And then we did a pilot and then Netflix got involved. And, and, and then we just got more and more excited, uh, particularly with Netflix. That was, that was really the network we wanted. Really? So it was that kind of the turning point where we were like, oh my God, this could be huge. Like yeah. Netflix is involved. Yeah, we, that's who we wanted. In fact, we told them we, Netflix on the first meeting. Uh, wow. So that we got that, we got excited. And then even season one, though, we were still, I think, all a little bit nervous about what we were doing. I don't think we were as open and in front of the camera as we are, were in season two and, and, and also in season three. I think we were just getting more comfortable expressing ourselves and opening ourselves up you know, interpersonally in front of the camera. That makes sense. What was it about Netflix that you wanted as opposed to like some other networks? I just think Netflix is like, if you're going to be on a network, I mean, Netflix is it. Not only because they have a worldwide audience, uh, but because you can binge something too, as opposed to weekly. And I just think it sets the bar and it sets the standard for, for distribution. Uh, I don't think there's anything that, that compares. I mean, you're, it's Netflix or nothing in the way that we saw it. That's good. Did you did you ever watch The Hills or Laguna Beach? I had never. I'm not someone, ironically, who watches reality TV. Um, so no, I've never watched uh, The Hills or Laguna Beach. Although I certainly had heard about it and its relevance at the time. Um, but I'm not a litmus test for, for reality TV. I, I literally do not watch reality TV. That doesn't really shock me. I, I wouldn't necessarily. No, I mean, you seem like you work a lot and, you know, you're... I mean, I... Well, The Hills and Laguna Beach, if you ever do want to go back and watch reality TV, I, those are two great shows that you should watch. Yeah, I mean, Adam is clearly the king of reality uh, TV or docu-series or whatever. I mean, the guy has three hits. Uh, you know, at that point, it's pretty much clear that it's, that's on him. I mean, Selling Sunset, and I mean this as a comp, like, it feels like The Hills. Like, it has the same quality to it for yeah i think he he has a highly it's a highly you know there's a lot of high production value to what he does which i think great music um you know just really high quality there's a we have a, a fantastic team uh this woman sunday who's behind the camera you know or, or does the cinematography and kimberly who does the production and i mean the team he that adam and then adam and skyler of course the team that they put together is i, I think that's a large reason why the show's successful. I mean, they're pretty badass. That's awesome. And then you said you had like some reservations, like what were some reservations in the beginning? Like why not oh, do it? There were a ton of reservations, so much so that we literally were just not taking meetings and just not interested. Um, we, we run a really successful brokerage here well before the show. And, you know, we have a great reputation uh, throughout the city and beyond. And we're like, why? And we're, we were getting more and more successful every single single year. So it was like, why mess with like such a good thing? I think was what we were, you know, was, that was what I was thinking. Like, I don't need anything else. I mean, everything is perfect right now. Do I need to add, you know, all the risks of this show? And uh, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, it, it's all been a huge positive, but I didn't know that at the time. Right, like a lot could have gone wrong. You never know. Yeah. I don't know how I'm going to be portrayed or how the Oppenheim group's going to be portrayed or, 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 you know, is it going to exacerbate the interpersonal conflicts, which it clearly does, but not to a degree that is like, you know, uh, debilitating for us. Yeah. It could be a lot worse. It could have been, it could have been. Did you have reservations in terms of like clients? Like there are a lot of clients that are like, you know, I just don't want people knowing where I live yeah, or I don't I want think everything. There was, I had, I'm private. I'm a private person. I think some of my clients are private. The whole thing uh, I was very much against and, and until I was very much for it. Um, now, I, I think there's so much positive. I really, the, some of the things that I would not appreciate, um, even like the publicity, like, you know, people coming up to me, that wasn't my thing. And I was almost like kind of rude to people previously. Um, that, but now it's the opposite. Now I really enjoy it. I feel like I, you know, they're all happy. I feel like I'm making people happy. I actually think that the one thing I thought would be the largest negative or one of the larger negatives ended up being one of the more enjoyable positives. And that is 
kind of like, you know, interacting with, with people that are uh, fans of the show. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. And my clients love it. You know, friends and family enjoy it. You know, it's, it's just become a lot more fun than I thought it would be. And I mean, has it had like a positive effect on business? Like I can't see it having anything negative for yeah, business. Yeah, it's, it's had a positive effect. I mean, 99% of my clients are big fans of it. Um, and the ones that don't want to be on it, fine. You don't need to be on it. Right. Uh, overall, it's just a... I think it's added fuel to the fire. We are getting listings that we can specifically attribute uh, to the show. So absolutely. And this is just season two. I mean, I think in the next couple of years, it'll be even more. I think so. Um, now, what type of conversation, how does that conversation go with the office? Like after you and your brother decide to do this, like when you sit everyone down, were people like, well, oh my God. Organic. It was a group decision. You know, we didn't make this decision on our own. I brought in everyone on the, on the team and said, guys, I mean, this is what we're thinking. And I think we all kind of went from, eh, to this could be fun. You know, we shot the scissor reel. It was kind of fun. Um, you know, we were all really nervous at the beginning. I mean, you know, we, none of us have ever been in front of a camera, really. I mean, me on a couple of, you know, whatever, like million dollar listing episodes or hosting a couple of whatever. But essentially none of us, except for Chriselle, had ever been in front of a camera. So, you know, it was a learning experience, just relaxing and just being ourselves. The great thing is, it's pretty easy to be yourself, uh, you know, so that's not difficult. I think what was difficult was kind of like, uh, you know, you're always not wanting to use profanity or say something that you think could be interpreted. You know, you're always careful at the beginning. And now, honestly, I just think, I don't think we act any differently in front of the camera. Now we just let it all go. Right. And the cameras do, I don't mean the the cameras like technically when they're on you know when, when they're around because you know they're always around but i definitely think that it has exacerbated some of the like we didn't have this much drama in the office before the show so i think that it really kind of adds a magnifying glass and you know to things and makes things bigger deals than they would otherwise be um that is something that you know i guess i could do without but it you know if that's the one negative i can manage like, is there any specific drama that you feel like, okay, this particular drama between this person and this person is probably, you know, just exacerbated because of the show? Uh, uh, not any uh, individual thing. I just think overall, I just think, you know, when there's press and cameras, I just think that little things that might otherwise get resolved quicker or easier or might not even come up, just tend to become bigger issues. I've seen issues between some of the women that, uh, that I didn't see as much before. Everyone, really. M me too. I mean, I was a, a stress case. I, I felt like there was more drama in my life just because, you know, of the show. So uh, we're trying to manage all that, you know. I mean, I'm a, just a non-dramatic person generally. Uh, so I think I've just... And I also think that we were all very responsive to everything that was going on, you know, like engaged in every little thing. And now I'm like, I don't have time. Like, okay, deal with this. Like I'm not getting as overwhelmed or as anxious about any of the things going on. Whereas I felt like I had to control and micromanage everything at the beginning. And so my, my, my life is less stressful the last you know, year. Did you guys have, like, when the cameras were there, like, did it take you a while to get used to the cameras? Like, when you were trying to do deals or, like, show hustles? Because, I mean, it is business. You I want to close the deal. Of, like, how, you know, what can we say on a phone to a client? You know, um, yeah, I think season one, I, speaking for myself, I was, you know, what am I wearing? Like, uh, what am I saying? Are they going to, or how are they going to spin this, you know, or edit this in a certain way? You know, you have all those kind of concerns. And now I, yeah. just, I just don't give a shit. That you know, makes I, sense. It's not going to throw me under the bus. And I just don't have the time for it anymore. <laughs> I'm just going to be myself and say what I need to say and do what I need to do. And I just hope that, that, you know, that I come across as 
I don't, here's another thing too. I don't really care that much about, you know, what people think about me. I don't mean to say I don't care about my reputation, but I'm not yeah. someone who sits around reading their Instagram comments or, you know, care if I have haters. I, it just doesn't affect me that much. I think it might affect some other people more. So for me, I'm like, okay, it's not the end of the world. My business is still doing great. Uh, everything else, I could just really care less. You know, if they want to, I'm going to look bad in a scene. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Like I know who I am. My friends know who I am. My clients know who I am. You know, if some 16 year old in Brazil is writing me something nasty, it's just not going to affect my day. That's good. I mean, it takes people, some people forever to get there. Yeah, I, maybe I'm lucky in that respect. I don't know, but. Uh, Who in the office do you think it affects the most? Well, that's such a dangerous question. I mean, Mary's, Mary's laughing. Is Mary there? Where are you, baby? Hi, Mary. Can you see her? <laughs> Hello. Good, how are so you? I just, I just looked at her right when That's you said so that. funny. Um, Is she your voice of reason, just so you don't say anything inappropriate? No, she's just here in the office. Oh. No. Um, I'm okay yeah. with an appearance by Mary. She's like my little angel. I'm like, no, okay with that. I'm just going to say who it's not. I'm going to say, well, it's not me and Brett. Uh, I think we're probably bothered the least. Although we probably get the less hate too, the least amount of hate too, to be fair. That's not really fair. Because I think I the ladies have a more polarizing and you know, they're involved in more drama. Um, yeah, you know what? That's, that's an answer that is just gonna get me in trouble. <laughs> and speaking of drama, so is Christine really like Christine in real life? I mean, do most people who talk to you, I'm sure when you do interviews for the yeah, show- Yeah, Christine is, I think a very, uh, yeah, Christine is a very outgoing, kind of inner, engaging, polarizing, you know, uh, person in real life. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, I, I know that she has concerns about how she's portrayed on the show. And, and I don't, uh, you know, I, and I understand that, that the show probably, uh, um, you know, can't show everything, obviously. There's gonna be editing involved in any type of production. Um, I, I think Christine comes off well on the show. You know, yeah. I do. I don't know if she has concerns about how she's, you know, comes across on the show or not. I think she comes across as, you know, it's a strong, beautiful, kind of uh, engaging woman, which is, you know, what she is in real life. I mean, I think that she would readily admit that she can be uh, dynamic and polarizing in real life. And, and, you know, I think that comes across on the show uh, as well. I don't think that there's, but, you know, I think everyone, if they, when they look at how they're, they are portrayed or how they uh, come across on a show can, you know, maybe think differently about themselves or wish that there was more context provided. I think when I watch the show too, I'm like, well, you know, I also said this and that wasn't put in there, you know, whatever. So I think I understand that. I think that all of us probably would like sometimes more context provided. And I just, I think you just have to, to recognize, that's what you deal with when, you, when you're on the show. She makes for great TV. She makes for great, she absolutely makes for great TV. She's such a dynamic person on the show. And honestly, she makes for, I mean, she's quite uh, dynamic in real life. I mean, you know. I'm she sure. Makes for, she makes for uh, in, interesting, uh, real life, you know, situation. Interesting workplace. Yeah. What about Chriselle? Like, were you, I mean, are, are you shocked at like, I mean, like now she's going through a divorce. Like, are we going to see some of that on season three? They do. Yes. Uh, she goes through that process on season three. How is she now? I mean, I know her mom just passed. You know, she's, I don't, I always feel uncomfortable kind of commenting on such personal matters uh, with, with anyone on the cast. But I mean, I think generally I'd say that, you know, she's pretty, she's a pretty strong woman. I think she's gone through a lot in her life and I think she manages things well. That said, I honestly can't really even empathize because it's almost like, I can't even comprehend what it's like to lose both parents, you know, in, in one year and go through a divorce. So, yeah, you know, we're all here for her. We support her. 
you know, I think she's doing as well as she, anyone could, but I just can't honestly kind of comprehend dealing with that many hurdles, um, you know, in, a, in one year. It's a lie. It's too much. It's something that yeah. I don't think anyone should have to deal with that many hurdles in, in one year. I haven't dealt with that many hurdles probably in my whole life. Seriously, neither. So I can't imagine it. What about, so this is a question about you, you know, and having spoken to some of your staff already in this context, you know, what is it about, do you truly favor Mary? <laughs> As portrayed on the show, I mean, she's I mean, right there. Mary's right, she's sitting right there. So she, they're like, he said, uh, do you really favor Mary? I mean, yeah, I'd say, in our, I think that's a good answer. In my personal life, she's my best friend. So, I mean, I, I guess as much as you would, you know, fav, you know, favor best friends, they just are your best friends. In work, I, I don't think I do. I mean, in work, I think it's a lot easier for some of the people on the team to kind of use that as an excuse because I think it's a lot harder for them to admit that Mary is the highest producer and the hardest worker. Um, and I think that is what you should, is what actually people should be attributing to the fact that I'm bringing Mary on deals. Uh, you know, first of all, the whole concept of a, of a broker bringing agents on deals, that's not like a thing. It doesn't happen in real life. Like only happens at the Oppenheim group. Like we have a unique kind of partnership arrangement with all of us on the team, but not to be confused with like other brokerages. There's no other real, it happens among teams, you know, where a team leader will, will have agents at open houses and work on deals. I mean, so I, I, it does happen. But like at a normal brokerage, I don't want people to be confused. You go join Coldwell Banker. Nobody's giving you a listing ever. You can work there for 20 years. I mean, you need to do bring in your own work. Here, however, you know, as people bring in business to the, to the Oppenheim Group, it, it's reciprocated. So that's why Mary's getting, being brought on deals because she's really hardworking. She's extremely experienced. I trust her uh, implicitly on, you know, with my clients and on deals. And she has brought in the most amount of business into the brokerage, period. I don't think uh, that there's favoritism. I, I honestly draw a pretty hard line between kind of friends and business. I have to, because I work with all my best friends. And I've just always done that. Uh, I've always kind of had uh, an ability to just focus on business and make business decisions and be very clear on all that with people. And then socially, I'm, I'm very different. Um, so I don't think I have, I don't think there's any blurred lines in this office between business and personal. That makes sense. And with all these amazing properties, which we see, I mean, like, do you still get like starstruck by the actual real estate porn or have you just like seen it all? Like you've seen $40 million uh, houses. I still, well, I, lo I love real estate. I mean, I, Seriously. You know, probably why I'm good at it. I, I just really enjoy everything about real estate. Uh, particularly architecture, design, furniture, uh, well, just every nuance of real estate I'm a, I love. So I would say I'm less starstruck these days, but when I do see something that's impressive, I appreciate it even more because I know how much stuff there is out there that's not that good. And I'm so discerning now that when something kind of really strikes me, I, you know, I really... Uh, think that I appreciate it more than most. That said, I'm probably appreciate properties less than most generally because I just, I can see through a lot of the um, superficial aspects of homes now. And I'm quick, I, I, I focus on the negatives. I can be very cynical of things, you know, just in terms of like phys in the physical aspects of the property. So I would say that, yeah, I generally pick things apart far more than I'm impressed. So I'm usually underwhelmed more than I'm uh, impressed. So it must be like, do you love where you live? Who, who lives in Sierra Towers? Is that you or your brother? No, neither of us live in Sierra oh, Towers. Oh, that one in apartment. Another, in another condo building under here. Oh. oh, that wasn't Sierra Tower? I thought it was Sierra no, Tower. Oh. No, it's close to Sierra Towers. That's nice. Oh, he has a gorgeous condo. And bro both Brett and I are very like OCD and meticulous. So our houses are like immaculate. Nothing wrong with that. I'm very much the same way. It's like you can yeah. eat off my floor. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I have a, a maid 40 hours a week at my house. And it's really? just... Yeah. That's, that's how... 
I get it. That is literally like, it's like living in a hotel. That's like the best way to go. More. I mean, it's just, it's eight hours of cleaning every day. I, I am a perfectionist at my, you know, at my house and at my So work. she just cleans and cleans. Everything. Uh, you know, shoes stay perfect. Fridge stays stocked. Dry cleaning, you know. If I get things get tailored, uh, you know, countertops, wipe, you know, so there's solutions for the metals, for the brass, for, uh, you know, everything gets dusted. I mean, it's just, my, my house is perfect. She's amazing. I mean, she's very meticulous. And she's, over the last many years, learned all the little things in my little, like how I want my bed made and my pillow, you know, everything. So the house is perfect. Absolutely perfect. I'm jealous. You're like making me a job. That's like a dream. There's no hotel that's good. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. What, she just, you just got lucky, I guess, over all these years. Because it's hard sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I, she's amazing. My, my staff is all like awesome. They've been with me for a long time. And they're all... And then, you know, you learn... You know, the more you work with someone, the more you learn all those little things. Uh, idiosyncrasies, idiosyncrasies and things that how you want them done. So I think that's, you know... If you can't learn to delegate, you're never going to be a successful professional. Totally. Well, I don't mean whether it's personal delegation or professional delegation, because you need to be able to just do the important things. So totally. I think that's one of the things that was difficult for me to learn, because I'm such a kind of a control freak and a perfectionist. Delegation was a very difficult thing for me, but I've, that's something I've learned to do. What do you think? Because, like, for me, I'm a big reality TV person, but, like, season one for me, like, never hit. Like, I'm just so involved in, like, a lot of Bravo stuff. Like, I don't really – I mean, I heard about season one, kind of. Yeah. Then when season two came, you know, there was this buzz, and I'm like, listen, I, I'm not watching another reality show. I'm just I, – I can't. There's not enough hours in the day. Then there was more buzz. Then there was more buzz. Then I'm like, I'm not going to watch this show, but I'm going to watch the pilot for season one and just watch it just to say I tried it. Then 15 minutes in, I'm like, this is the best show I've ever seen in my life. I'm obsessed. I don't understand. I need to watch this every minute. And then I binge the whole thing. So, like, season, do you think season two, because, like, don't you, I mean, do you see, like, a change between season one and season two? Like, do you think that's due to COVID? Well, I don't, I think season two is better. I also think that it takes a while for some certain reality shows where there's character development to, uh, to kind of catch on. So I think there was a, a, a myriad of different things. I mean, it's one thing if you have like, let's say a, a stru- kind of a structured reality, well, let's say, uh, call it, I'm trying to think of like, like, I don't know, dating around or like- or like other, Survivor um, or something like that. Yeah, well, it's not, so it's not the same people. Yeah, Survivor. So that doesn't get, really get the kind of, you don't get the character development. So I think it right. took a, you know, a couple of years for people to kind of get and get more engaged in the character development. I also think we were kind of more ourselves in season two. And then I think that whether you look at the hills or Laguna Beach or Million Dollar Listing or whatever, they all took a couple of years to kind of catch up. I'm actually very excited about uh, seeing how season three does because we, you know, we can kind of look at like Google Trends and kind of figure out like, and season two was like three times as popular as, I mean, a lot of people watch season two. And then of course, everyone watched season one, um, watched season two, but I, it was definitely watched a lot more on Netflix. And in a lot more countries. So, uh, like, I know we're big in, like, the United Kingdom and Singapore and Canada and Ireland. And, I mean, others, but very popular in those countries. So it's been fun to kind of watch that. Yeah, and, I mean, it isn't even like I didn't like season one. I just didn't really, you know, but then all this buzz was season two. I mean, it literally yeah. only took me 10 minutes to be like, this well, is the best show ever. There. there was a lot of, you know, Netflix had, was just starting their um, reality unscripted. So we were one of the first shows. So, you know, I think that a lot of people, Netflix now dominates uh, yeah. unscripted. I mean, with, I mean, Love is Blind and uh, I don't Tiger know. Tiger King was huge. Yeah, all that stuff. So I think that there's a lot more publicity for what Netflix is offering in that space. That's helping us. Um, of course they have, you know, I don't know, hundreds of millions of viewers too. So that helps too. And, and they add every, Every few months, you got 10 million more people watching our show. Wow. Yeah. Do you, do you yeah. see a difference, like you say, like people coming up to you and like on your social oh, media with followers? Ten times. ten times the number of people coming up to me. I mean, uh, I was in Vegas a couple of weeks ago and I probably had 50 to 100 people come up. 
I mean, for, for selfies. Whereas maybe a year ago, it was like 10 or 15. So it, it, it is a whole different level of, uh, of publicity when I'm out. Um, it could be at a coffee shop or a restaurant. I mean, it's just, uh, I, and I always prefer the people just to come up because it's like more awkward if they're kind of staring, you're like, just come up. And, or they come by the, now a lot of people come by the office. All really? day long, people stop by the office. Yeah, which is cool. Sometimes we'll go out and take photos with them or wave or whatever. Do they come by the office and just stand outside? Or do they come in and they're like, oh my God, there's Chriselle, I want a picture. There's oh, Jason. It's, it's, sometimes it's like a full freak out. And sometimes it's just like, you know, and they'll point or something like that. Uh, so it's a total, it varies from, obviously based on age. The younger they are, the more full freak out it can be. The older they are, it's more like just pointing and waving. You guys need to listen to Andy Ware's Project Hail Mary on Audible. This interstellar science-based thriller from the best-selling author of The Martian is skillfully performed by Ray Porter. Ray brings this already gripping tale to life with his vibrant and witty narration. A lone astronaut must save the Earth from disaster in this epic tale of discovery, speculation, and survival that's part scientific mystery, part intergalactic journey, and all edge-of-your-seat entertainment. And isn't that what you guys love, edge-of-your-seat entertainment? Isn't that why you're listening to this podcast? This Audible Studios production of Project Hail Mary is a number one New York Times audio bestseller and continues to top Audible's bestseller charts and garner rave listener reviews. That's so impressive. Here are what listeners are calling the highest order of geekasm metal. Go to audible.com slash Project Hail Mary and listen now. If you've ever dreamed of having the chance to win awesome prizes like a trip to Japan worth $40,000, dream houses in LA, Miami, and Austin, Texas, then you have to check out Omaze, the new way to give back to charity and have fun while doing it. Here's how Omaze works. You enter for the chance to win something amazing, and at the same time, you can donate to support great causes. And it's a way for nonprofits to raise money and for you to win big prizes, like the multi-million dollar house in Miami. You really got to check out this house. It has seven bedrooms, six bathrooms, and looks like a freaking resort. Go to amaze.com slash velvet robe and select the Miami dream house or a different experience of your choosing. Once you've selected your prize, choose a donation amount from $10 to 150. The more you donate, the more entries you'll get. Enter today for your chance to win the Miami dream house or other life-changing prizes and experiences at amaze.com slash velvet robe. Plus receive 20 extra entries when you Enter the code VELVETROPE20. That's O-M-A-Z-E dot com slash VELVETROPE. Enter the code VELVETROPE20 to receive 20 extra entries. The holiday shopping season is completely overwhelming. What to get? Mom, dad, your sister, your best friends, cousins, neighbors, dog. That's why I went to Raycon and got the one gift that everyone can use. Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon wireless earbuds are all that I use now to record this podcast. The audio quality is so good. I love the fact that they're available in five stylish colors and with free shipping and returns, gifting them is easier than ever. The holidays are coming up faster than you think. Now is the time to knock out that gift list and avoid the last minute shipping scramble, especially because right now my listeners, that's you guys, will get 15% off site-wide with code HOLIDAY at buyraycon.com slash velvet. Go to buyraycon.com slash velvet and use code HOLIDAY today to get 15% off your entire Raycon order buyraycon.com slash velvet and get 15% off site wide. With the holidays just around the corner, there's no better gift for your friends and family than skylight frames. So many of my really good friends have left New York and it's so hard to see them face to face. That's why I chose to get them skylight frames this holiday season. Skylight frame is a photo frame that you can update instantly by email from anywhere. It sets up effortlessly in under 60 seconds. So even if you're technologically challenged, it's so easy. You just plug it in, use the touch screen to connect to your wireless network and enjoy. Everyone in your family and all of your friends can just email pictures to your personal Skylight email address. It's 100% satisfaction guaranteed. If you don't love your Skylight, they'll offer you a full refund. Now, as a special offer, you can get $10 off your purchase 
purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com and enter code VELVET. That's right. To get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame, just go to skylightframe.com and enter code VELVET. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E.com, promo code VELVET. You know, protein powders can feel so intimidating, this whole no pain, no gain. But the truth is, deep down, we all need protein, whether it's about muscles and working out and doing reps or just taking a nice leisurely stroll. That's where essential protein from Ritual comes in. I love the fact that it's a great vanilla taste and there's no sugar added, no fillers, no colors, no shady additives, and it's soy-free, gluten-free, and formulated with non-GMO ingredients. I found Ritual so easy to use. You just add water, shake, and sip. And I love it. It comes in three premium formulations for different stages in life. And listen, we all have different unique nutrient needs. So why not shake up your Ritual? To make trying something new less scary, Ritual offers a money-back guarantee if you're not 100% in love. It's a money-back guarantee, guys. Plus, my listeners get 10% off during your first three months. Just visit ritual.com slash velvet to add essential protein today. That's ritual.com slash velvet. I've gained the COVID-19 over the past two years, and I've literally tried everything to take the weight off and nothing has worked. Everything has been a fad or a gimmick until now. Calibrate is not a diet or a quick fix product. That's why it's worked for me. It's a year long commitment that gives you the tools to fight your biology. It's different because it's a comprehensive doctor-guided metabolic reset that promotes sustainable results through lifestyle changes. Your medical team includes doctors who assess your health in an initial 45-minute video visit, provide ongoing medical support, and prescribe GLB-1s as part of your one-year metabolic reset. Calibrate's earliest members lost an average of 14% of their body weight, which is so unbelievable to me. Your weight doesn't reflect your willpower. Get back in control with Calibrate. Get $50 off the one-year metabolic reset when you use promo code VELVET at jointcalibrate.com. That's $50 off when you use code VELVET at jointcalibrate.com. But it's it's, it's fun. You know, it's cute. I I mean, I like, they're happy. They're smiling. I like that. Yeah. Who's better on all that? You, you or your brother, as far as I'm like- in the office more than anyone. So it's usually me that's, that will go out. Uh, but Mary's good at it. Mary goes out and, and, and says hi. Cashel too. Uh, you know, with COVID, it's like a little, you don't want to be like hugging, you know, putting your arm around fans all day long, but totally. you know, I, 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 it doesn't bother me so much. Do you, do people confuse you and your brother? Do they mix you guys? Yeah, I don't think anyone knows or cares. Yeah, right. no one even really asks. I think it's like one of the twins is good enough for them to take a photo. I could see that. Yeah. What 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 can we expect in season three like that we haven't seen? I mean, more great houses. I, mean, so I haven't watched season three yet. You know, obviously, I know a little bit about it because I'm in. You know, I was around when the cameras were here. But uh, I mean, you hit on it a little earlier, and there's Christine's. Uh, wedding which is pretty fun um and then there's just you know there's a lot like i said we're getting more and more ourselves so i think season three is probably even more dynamic than season two i think every season's just going to be just more and more uh of us just kind of really opening up in front of the camera and exposing our our you know our personal lives that's one thing i'd say i'm very proud of of the people on this show is how much they've allowed very personal things uh in front of the camera. I mean, essentially you're sharing your life with like hundred million people. Um, that to me, I think was gonna be, I thought would be more difficult for us than it has been. But you know, I think at the time, you're not thinking a hundred million people that might be watching this. You're just thinking, oh, it's just me and you know, some, you know, it's just my friends around and some cameramen. So I'm really impressed with how the women have really opened up and stuff that I, I, there were some conversations in season three that I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't even have among like barely felt comfortable in this room with like eight people. And the idea that, you know, a hundred million people are going to watch it. I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> I can't believe you guys are talking about this stuff. You just get used to it, I guess. Uh, I'm not a, the women are more used to it. In the office, obviously it's, I don't mind what's said outside of the office. Um, I guess I'm kind of a little protective of the office in terms of a work environment. I'm, slowly kind of allowing this show 
to, you know, I, mean, I don't want to be strict on not allowing any type of interpersonal stuff going on in the office because I know we're filming a show. That's been kind of new for me to figure out because obviously, you know, I used to be much more strict about this just being a purely work environment. That makes sense. What about, would you ever, you know, like we have million dollar listing LA and New York, like I know Maya's in Florida a bunch of the time, but could you ever re, you know, brand this? Like has Netflix come to you or like, you know, let's do like selling Miami, selling New I mean, York. It's funny that you say selling Miami because it has definitely been discussed as, as maybe like the more logical place because of Maya and because Miami, there's a lot of confluence between I mean, essentially, it would either it would have to be New York or Miami, right? Um, I would think so. Yeah, and I'm licensed. I'm a licensed broker in New York already, and Maya's getting licensed in Miami. So, oh, wow. um, I think I, I've been thinking a little bit more serious about expanding the Oppenheim Group, and if so, where? Another office in LA. But I think if I was going to do another, you know, place, it would probably be uh, Miami or New York or maybe like Arizona, like you know. But really? I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know what, I just think the properties are great in New York and they're great in Miami. I don't yeah. know, Arizona. Are, are you from that area originally? No, California? You seem like over, a New Yorker. Uh, funny, yeah, I get that a lot. You seem um, like I, those are my two favorite cities. You know, if I wasn't going to live in, in LA, I think it'd be New York and then Miami and then, uh, yeah, uh, probably the only two other cities I could live in. New York first probably, but then Miami. So I think it's a natural, you know, I think it's a place where we could recruit well, where there's really, let's be honest, there's not luxury property in too many cities outside of Miami and New York either. You know, right. I mean, we specialize like in 3 million to 20 million or, or more. And there's really no other cities that have that. What about, did you, did you watch, I mean, I guess you didn't watch a lot of reality TV. You never saw Million Dollar Listing LA. I did watch Million Dollar Listing, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I've watched a few episodes of it. Not probably in a couple of years, but I definitely... I, I, Million Dollar Listing deserves a ton of credit. They started it all. I mean, they really created the genre. Uh, and I thought it was really interesting. I mean, I would watch... And again, I just don't watch reality TV, so it's not a knock on, on any reality show. But I definitely watched Million Dollar Listing probably more than any other reality show because I thought it was so interesting watching um, LA... You know, I recognize the houses. Obviously, those are friends of mine that are on that show. Um, and you know, I'm a real estate agent, especially when I was starting out, you know, I, mean, I was like, I was, I was excited to watch that stuff. I was like, that's kind of like my life on, on TV. Do you know all of them? Like the Joshes and Josh? I know everyone on Million Dollar Listing, uh, very, very well. Yeah. I mean, I've done a lot of business with all of them. I, I consider them friends. I mean, I, I definitely are some of the closer relationships I have in the community. Who would you, I mean, I know you're not going to answer this about your own office, at least I don't think you are, but who would you have sell your house from Million Dollar Listing since you're so meticulous? Tracy um, Tudor, um, Josh Flagg, Josh Altman. I mean, first of all, again, I consider, or David all James. I consider all of them top agents. So they would all be in consideration. I mean, I mean, they, they're all very successful agents before the show. And I think even, you know, probably more so after the, you know, so many seasons on the show. I don't think I would choose, uh, you know, I mean, cause there's, I've got one, because I really am close with, you know, with flag and I have a lot of respect for the Altmans and also, you know, close with James and David. Um, Tracy has also been a longtime friend and, and a super capable agent. So that's an impossible question. I would uh, probably make them co-list my house. That's a good answer. Yeah. What about like, what do you think the differences are between like selling Sunset and Million Dollar Listing LA? Um, I think that they're probably more, we're, but we both focus on real estate. I think we focus more on kind of interpersonal relationships and the drama between the people on the show more so than they do. I think they are, uh, more real estate focused uh, on their show. And, you know, interestingly enough, like when I signed up for the show, I was really hoping for it to be very much focused on real estate. You know, I wanted a show that got into the nuances of real estate and was, you know, uh, not just, I, I, and I do think we're educational in that respect, but I, you know, if, if it were me, I, I, I 
was very nervous about having drama, you know, being involved in that show that had drama. I've loosened up a lot more about that, so I care a lot less. But had I known at the beginning that there would be this much drama on our show, I would have probably freaked out and never done it. So luckily it's been kind of a process and you know, inculcation into this process for me that has allowed me to not absorb it all at once, but just kind of you know, get, fall into it over the last couple of years. Um, but I think that's probably the biggest difference. You know, I think we have very dynamic people on our show. And I think that Adam is focused, uh, where real estate is the backbone of our show. And I think then it gets into kind of the character development uh, more. I think their show is probably more focused on like kind of just trans, you know, transactional. Which, yeah. Which again, I really like because I, I really enjoy all the nuances of real estate. And, and, and the idea that that, that that show brings that to the public, I think is, is really cool. It makes sense. That's what, did you see what Tracy Tudor said on Watch What Happens Live? That's pretty much what she said. She said it in different words, but. I think it was brought to my attention. What she said, it didn't sound to me as yeah it's not uh, as anything concerning uh i mean there are differences in the show and i respect that they you know if they want to point those out that's fine um you know but both shows are great in their own yeah way. You know, i mean we're very very proud of, of our show and we're very happy with its success and i think all understand that it's different than million dollar listing and, and you guys all work in one office, which is a difference well, too. Which... Yeah, I mean, listen, we, we, the dynamic amongst all of us and the, the closeness, both socially, you know, is very different than, uh, th they all know each other very well, but by no means are they kind of like uh, as close as all of us are working together in one, one room. And socially, we're out all the time too. So we're more of a family, I think. And they're more yeah. kind of like disparate agents at different brokerages. And you run into them a lot on, on deals. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah. I mean, they're all, they're all, every one of them is very successful. That's good. I mean, and yours, yeah, I, I, I think both shows are very educational. I think Selling Sunset is very educational and yeah. Adam does a great job. What about this representation of you as like the eternal bachelor and your brother? Are you guys ever going to settle down? I, I yeah, I think, I don't know if it's eternal. Um, I'm certainly not someone who settles really for anything in my life. I would put a woman as probably even the most important thing not to ever settle on. Um, I'm open to a relationship, but I'm not unhappy being single. So it's not one of those things where I feel like I have something missing in my life or I'm unfulfilled. So I think because of that, because I had a f close female friends um, and I spend a lot of time with women and I don't have any type of emptiness or, you know, or, or a lack of fulfillment, I think I'm just going to be very careful and, you know, wait for something to organically happen. Uh, so yeah, I think that's probably the best answer. I'm not, it's not like I'm in search of it or need it. I, I'm sure it will happen. Um, but I'm in no rush. That's a good answer. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Who do you think would get in a relationship? I'll stay in that relationship. You know, uh, I think that's, and I've had several very healthy, you know, committed relationships, but, um, you know, none of them obviously ended in marriage and, and, and happiness ever after. Who do you think would get married first? You or your brother? Me. You think so? Yeah, I think I'd get married first. Yeah. Yeah, I think he is on the spectrum of Eternal Bachelor. Uh, he's probably higher up on, the, on that spectrum. What about, like, because you said, you know, well, like, even that, like, showing you guys, like, that part of you. And, like, even you said, like, you weren't sure if all you would, if, if you knew all the drama, you may not have signed on. Like, what happened when you watched the first season back? Were you just, like... Were you happy? Were you like, like oh, this is what I expected? No, no, no. I liked it. I really did. In fact, we were all very happy watching season one. I mean, I think I was probably the most nervous, and maybe more than anyone, just because, you know, it's my name on the door. And, and I'm already very, I was already, you know, very successful. So I'm like, what am I doing? You know, am I putting this in jeopardy? So for me, it was a, it was a relief 
and a happiness. I, I, I was very, very happy about season one. I think I gave season one uh, like an eight and a half, I think I gave it, because I always put things on a number scale. And I think I gave uh, season two and nine, and I'll probably give season three a nine and a half. And I don't give tens. Everyone I, I can tell it. you I don't give tens. I get it. They're listen. very tight scale. Yeah, so an eight and a half is like, that's So you that's gave hot. a nine to season two. Yeah. And like the episodes got a little longer in season two, you know, like just in terms of like the time. I didn't even notice. Yeah, they were longer. Yeah. I just felt like I knew that season two would be better because I knew that we were all more relaxed. And then season three, like, we really didn't, you know, care about the cameras. I can't even imagine how relaxed we'll be in season four and five. I, I can't even imagine either. What about, so like we saw Orlando Bloom's house, I think that was season two. So like, Dealing with famous clients, like what have you ever like walked in where you're like, oh my god, like that's J Lo or whoever? Like, have you ever been starstruck by any? I mean, it's L A. No, I don't think I've ever been starstruck by an actor or anyone. I would say, if anything, I get maybe a little bit excited about an athlete on one of my favorite teams. So I'm a huge Washington Redskins fan, soon to be called something else. Uh, and I'm a big fan of uh, Golden State Warriors. So like I was showing Draymond Green uh, property recently. Super cool. You know, I love that because like, I'm a huge fan of Draymond Green and the Warriors. Uh, no, I wouldn't say Star Trek, but it's like, it's cool. You know, uh, let's see. Oh, and a huge fan of the US men's national uh, soccer team. So I've seen a couple of those players. And, and I'm like, that's cool. You know, I actually get it, you know, I think that that's cool to see them. Other than that, uh, I, I really just kind of see them as clients. Yeah, that's I mean, good. Uh, just a client, you know. Has there ever been like a funny story like from like some huge celebrity or, or something? I had, I remember I was showing Ariana Grande property and she sat me down there was a piano in the house and she sat me down next to her and started playing and singing the piano to me. And I was like, that's pretty cool. She's also extremely attractive. So that made it more cool. I would say she's like There's always like, you know, funny, fun stuff like that that happens because you're just showing these people property all the time. It's a very casual and private environment. So they feel safe. It's not like this paparazzi around or, you know, people are usually just in a home. And so, you know, you kind of have, you can have very quick, candid conversations uh, with people or things like that can happen um but you know i mean these are real people i was talking to orlando bloom last night actually about his dog gone missing and that and like he's just going through it i mean he's absolutely devastated I mean, you know, and so i mean you know it's it's they're people going through difficulties in in their lives that that you know just like all of us do and i was like oh i mean just thinking about that i've got two little kiddos you know dogs yeah and just the idea that he's like his dog is missing is uh it's just i don't know it's like you know it's i i get very close with my clients and you know they become friends and you know i don't know just when people go through difficulties it's it's very personal for me i always uh, i think get a little bit more I, I get closer to my clients and i think most agents i think my clients will consider me like an advisor and a confidant as much as a real estate agent. You know, certainly with my legal background, I, I get called, I get called by clients asking them all kinds of qu questions, nothing to do with real estate. Sometimes it's about uh, a divorce. Sometimes it's about uh, a legal, you know, proceeding. Um, sometimes it's about I investing or taxing, you know, that they, they call me about everything. So I get, you know, I think I consider them probably one of the reasons my, my career took off so quickly is because I think my clients did get very close. We, we have a very close relationship, a very much of a professional friendship relationship where I think there's a lot of trust there. And I think they respect my advice on things. That makes sense. How was Ariana Grande as a client? She's not a client of mine. Oh. I was just showing her property. Um, and I loved her. I mean, very outgoing personality, very attractive. Uh, and I think, what did she, what did she tell me that was so funny? 
she said something about like how she gets, uh, she said she's like, she equated herself to like a Japanese anime doll or something like that, which I thought was kind of, I don't know, because she's like a perfect face and everything. Um, I think, I'm trying to remember she was single at the time. And, but I guess I would never ask out someone in that environment, but uh, she's definitely an attractive woman. But you got to draw that line with uh, in real estate, you know, you're not going to be uh, talking to someone, taking, you know, I'm not going to take advantage of a situation like that. But then you see those situations like where that guy was on the bed. I mean, that was just what like Maya, I mean, it wasn't like crossing the line, but oh, you guys, see Oh, I'm not like, saying guys yeah, don't. Yeah. I'm saying I draw a pretty strong yeah, line. I've, yeah, I, very strong. I've never dated anyone ever that's worked for me in any uh, profession, whether I was an attorney you know, or in real estate. Um, nor I think I've, I've even dated a real estate agent. So, I mean, not that I wow. would be averse to dating a real estate agent as long as she didn't work here, but I tend to draw a pretty sharp line between uh, business and, and relationships. Ariana Grande is a good one to break that rule for, but I understand what you are saying. Here's one of my boys. Wow, so cute. Hey, hi, Bubs. Do they come to work with you every day? Every day. So cute. Yeah. Well, that's why. I mean, well, I mean, I imagine your house would be meticulous because your office. I mean, that's the other thing. Like, you gotta. When you guys voted for like best website, like your like image is like your office is gorgeous. Oh, I very much enjoy branding. Yeah. Yeah. You will. Yeah. You're really good at my it. Office, I keep my office like my house, and I want it to feel warm and inviting and and clean. And then speaking of branding and Ariana Grande being very attractive, I'm sure I'm not the first person to ask you this. So. I mean, every single person that works there is literally drop dead gorgeous. I mean, I'm a gay man, so I'm just saying this. You know, so I mean, I'm, have you ever been asked this before? I mean, it makes for a great TV show. It's a oh real business. I've it a lot. Yeah. Like, so how is, I mean, everyone is a size zero or one and they're just drop dead gorgeous. So how does it come to be like, who I mean, wouldn't want to work there? I think everyone thinks like I planned it this way. I didn't, I mean, I, I've added agents very slowly and, and uh, over the, over a multi-year period, just ended up being that a lot of my, you know, there's a lot of my close friends and or ex-girlfriends, uh, and it just kind of organically grew to that. And people ask me like, do you have to be a beautiful woman to sell real estate? No, not at all. It's not. And I'm not saying it doesn't hurt, but it's certainly not a requisite. There are a ton of really successful women in real estate, and and, and all you know shapes and sizes, just like men. Um, it just kind of happened that way, and I guess it certainly. Helped out, I think, on the show as well. Do people say that to you, like joking around, like other agents and like oh yeah, the LA scene? Yeah, both though, like some level of teasing or you know, uh, but or not or just complimentary. But yeah, I certainly have heard it from several people. Like even before the show, I could picture if you all showed up to some real estate event together, just you're all gorgeous. So. Just making note of that. That's obviously a question I'm sure you've been asked before. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's any good answer for that. Like I said, it wasn't like a, something that was planned. It just kind of happened this way. And, and here it is. So season three is coming. You want season four or five. You want this thing to go on. Maybe other cities. I mean, I don't see any reason why, why we won't keep this truck rolling. You know, I think we're having a lot of fun and probably even more fun. Um, every season I, I mean it, it, we it's a great bonding experience for us I think we enjoy it you know it's it's not easy you know it can cause some stress but overall I think it's been a huge positive I mean I I enjoy it more and more every season although I'll be honest I have the best gig on the show you know I'm like the boss in the background doesn't really have to get involved in the drama so you know it's easier for me to say yeah let's keep this going I can see why the, it's a little bit more demanding on the women who do you think has got it the worst on um, just the show? Like has gotten, you know, like the most drama. Uh, I think it's been pretty even. I mean, I think, uh, I mean, I think Chris, Chris had, a, you know, I think it was difficult because she had, well, actually in Amanda too, honestly, I, and Mary um, and Christine. I don't know. I mean, Heather too's had a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Maya, too, with the kids. I don't know if anyone has not, you know, 
I don't know if anyone's had it worse than anyone else. I just think looking back, it seems like it was so funny at the beginning of this show. We're like, I don't know, Adam, I don't know if we have enough drama in our lives to, you know, for, for an interesting show. Like I'm concerned that, that, you know, you're not gonna, and I think he just knew something that we didn't know, you know, uh, because sure enough. Right, like Heather's now dating. Uh, you can't even make, I mean, I can't even imagine. I think about all the things that people have gone through the last couple of years. And it's like a ton of stuff. Yeah. Divorces, marriages, you know, babies, death. Uh, I mean, you know, a man's over there, you know, kids. and Like so much stuff has gone on in season two and three. Yeah. I can never imagine. So I don't know. And Adam is, a, you know, uh, is, I think is good at, at making sure that we get all this stuff on camera. Very good at it. And we'll wrap up in two seconds. Who do you think has changed the most, like, you know, from a I'm in the public eye now point of view? I think that's one thing I'm actually really proud of everyone about. I don't, I don't know if anyone's, I don't know if I can say that anyone's really changed. Um, you know, it's always a concern, but I think people are uh, still pretty much themselves, you know? That's good. Yeah, it is really good. Cause you know, that, I, that may not, it may change. You know, but I think right now I can honestly say that, that I think people are have still pretty much maintain who they are. And listen, we're not out in public a ton because of COVID anyway. So it's kind of, I don't know if anyone's really experienced the kind of publicity that's out there. Maybe except me, because I've gone out a lot. But I think most of the other women have not been out as much. So I don't even know if they know what they're, what they're going to get. Right, I would agree with that because you know it's it's really season two that this exploded exactly. and during COVID. Been out. So I think they're kind of gonna, you know. But I don't think uh, these are all mature, you know, women who have you know who are, these are not we don't have they're not twenty two year olds. So I think that these are people who kind of know who they are. And I mean, everyone's really doing a job. I mean, at some point, like you said, maybe it'll become more about the cameras and the lights than the actual real estate. But well, I think that all the, all the women on this team know that as much as it might be, you know, there might be some, you know, benefits socially or, or, or monetarily. I think the big benefit is, is more production in their real estate business. I mean, that's where we monetize the publicity from the show. I mean, one listing can be, a, you know, six figures right there. So sure, you could maybe make some posts on Instagram and make, you know, some money. But I think everyone recognizes that the real benefit of this show is, is that we're going to be getting more listings and making more money. I would agree with all that. And we're going to find out in season three who sold the $40 million house. Yeah. I mean, I saw something where, I think on your website, it says it's yeah, it some guy. It's sold, oh. yeah. And we will see on season three, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's announced at our, uh, our big Thanksgiving dinner. People should start taking bets. Um, go for it. If I had a guess, I don't know why. And I'm not even saying this is like the best age. Or I mean, I'm not even going to, well, I'm going to have a poker face. In your no, you're, you're not going to react, I know. But I would just say, I don't know why I'm thinking definitely Mary or Maya. That's, it's going to be, it's good. That's my guess. I'm going to say it now. Mary, because I do get the impression that she's the hardest worker in the whole office. And Maya, I don't know. I just, those are my two. So you do have a poker face. You're not giving anything away. But as long as we're going to see it next season. But you will. is there anything else you want to leave us with? Anything you want us to know? No, I guess I should get back to work. You have been awesome. I'm really excited for season three. This is truly, and I'm not just saying this to kiss your ass. I am a reality TV snob. I watch every show. This is by far my current obsession. There's no oh, show I that I it. like. Honestly, well, I'm honestly. Uh, after season three. We will. Because like right now, there's no, and I talk about this on the show all the time. There's no show that I like better. Honestly. I love it. Cool, man. So we'll like do this again. Yeah, we'll get a couple of the ladies on. We'll do something. We'll circle back after season three. That would be amazing. Make sure you announce, like, you know, get some publicity right before August 7th when it comes out. We will. I'm going to put this out. And I have some Thanks, of, of the others to put out, too. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Take care. All right. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.